This is the Boundless Possible Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter Gowers. Pete, how are you, mate? I'm well. How are you, my friend? Good, good. We're going to do this as a supplementary recording, I think, uh, possibly, maybe not, um, or maybe release it the week after um, the one we're going to release next week. Um, the reason I wanted to have this podcast uh, is because we've got a very unique event happening in Darwin this weekend. Um, the association that uh, Ward Keller belongs to, which you and I spoke about way back in episode one, uh, Lawyers Associated Worldwide, an association of 100 law firms around the world, or maybe a little bit more now, uh, that Ward Keller belonged to, is having its first ever, well, first and only probably, um, executive committee retreat in Darwin. And uh, to put that into context, last year the retreat was held in London and the year before it was held in Los Angeles. So to actually have the um, the meeting of the board here in Darwin this year is quite a coup. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. It is amazing. I'm still pinching myself, but um, everyone's arriving today. And but uh, someone who arrived a little bit earlier than everybody else is our executive director, Laurie Salyards from Denver, in the U.S. Hello, Laurie. Hello, Leon. How and are Peter? you? <laughs> Welcome, Laurie. You? Welcome. I'm well, I'm, thank you. I'm I'm desperate to ask because we asked this question of somebody else not that long ago, but. Tell us how you get from Denver to Darwin. What what was the, the the route of the trip? Oh, I flew from Denver to Houston, Houston to Sydney, and Sydney to Darwin. Well, that's not too complicated. No, 27 hours later. <laughs> that's the kicker, isn't it? The 27 hours. Yeah. Yes. And Pete, you've actually opened up a wonderful segue um, into... Laurie's trip over, which I think we should ask Laurie to explain her trip uh, starting from Denver to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in the in the interest of our membership um, and keeping costs in line, we fly the staff flies economy, and so do all the volunteers. Well, we fly economy. Um, so I'm in economy and nicely seated in a comfortable aisle seat in row seven. And pretty soon my, my middle seat mate comes and he needs part of my seat oh. and part of the other guy's seat. Oh. So that was the first two and a half hours. Um, so I was very happy to get off in Houston and um, just roll the dice and see what I was gonna come up with next. But it, uh, my long leg, 17 hours from Houston to Sydney um, actually had uh, an empty middle seat, so it was very pleasant. Oh, wow, that's better, much better. And then, and then from Sydney to Dar uh, Darwin? Sydney to Darwin, uh, the plane was not full at all, so I actually had, um, like, the whole row to myself, and I could I could stretch out, which was great. Mm. Isn't that so, wonderful? Yeah, so, mate, I don't know if you know, but Houston to Sydney is probably, uh, it would be in the top 10 of longest, possibly even top five of longest flights in the world. Well, it's funny because I'm not as well versed at air travel as you and 
knowing all the different routes in the world. But I know that Sydney Houston is uh, is one of those because one of my children's godparents is a um, flight attendant for Qantas, and she does the Sydney to Houston leg once a week mm-hmm. or once every two weeks. I think Qantas don't fly to Houston, mate. They fly to Dallas. Yeah, further. Is it true? Is Dallas, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dallas. Is uh, well, it, it's definitely it's definitely Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is that I was reading a thing um, the other day, actually, online about the new Qantas plane that's being uh, – we Qantas has bought two of them, I think, so far. And they did one of their first test flights, I'm going to say from London to Sydney, and they had 50 people. That was the second test flight. The first one was New York to Sydney. Oh, sorry, yes, but that was that was only with um, – like this one actually had a limited amount of passengers. I think yes, the first correct. one only had – and, mate, all the things they're now doing to help you to not suffer – uh, jet lag at the other end and all the in-flight things and they had them up doing, you know, exercises. And uh, the first thing they did was they took off at 6 a.m. in the morning, but as soon as they took off, they reset all the clocks to the destination time. So instead of feeding them breakfast, they gave them dinner and it was fascinating just to read what they're doing. But when they get off at the other end, they the, the lady who was reporting on it said, that she virtually had no jet lag and she was able to sort of resume normal life. That might have been because they were also serving alcohol at, at 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, it probably also didn't hurt the fact that they're all located in business class and that was mentioned. But um, <laughs> the, the other thing they're doing, which I found fascinating, is that um, they've got – I don't know how they do it, but they've got some way of projecting – onto the roof so that it, it's going to look like clouds above and look like normal sky? Yes, yes. That would be helpful. Yes. I, 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 um, I will admit that I was lying in, in, a, in a very comfortable seat on an Emirates flight and looked up and there were stars on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Not the old glow ones we used to get as kids. <laughs> but um uh, but uh, look uh, let's uh, let's dig a little bit uh, into Laurie's story so Laurie um what is your position I, I said you're executive director of LAW how long have you had that uh, job um about 19 months Nine, it's gone maybe that, 20 months it's gone by that quickly yeah very right. quickly right right and what did you do before that um I Lots of things, but for um, about 30 years, I managed law firms. Okay. All in the Denver region? No, I was in uh, Denver and uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and then back to Denver. Okay. And where were you born? Nebraska. Right. So for our um, Darwin listeners, where is Nebraska in in relation to L.A. and New York? It's about... Um, Right in the middle of the U.S., both both uh, north north to south and east to west, um, and it's a neighboring state to Colorado, but a totally different climate. What sort of climate is it? It's uh, very humid and hot, and oh, so you'd be at home in Darwin then? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In fact, the the um, 
the new slogan that Nebraska has adopted is um, Nebraska. It's not for everyone. <laughs> wow. What do you think of that, Pete? <laughs> well, there's similarities with Darwin there, that's for sure. <laughs> I was thinking you might be able to fit Darwin into your slogan. Nebraska, similar to Darwin or something? <laughs> <laughs> also so, not uh, for everyone. So, so the one thing, I, I, I don't know about you, Pete, but uh, the one thing about Nebraska that... Um, uh, that uh, uh, when I think about Nebraska, this is what I think of is Warren Buffett because mm. he he was born there, right? Or um, he, he lived I there. Uh, yeah, I mean that's been his home for as long as as I've known about him, and I know exactly where he lives. And yeah, because cool. I grew up in Omaha for the second half of my childhood. Right, but Omaha is not the capital of Nebraska, is it? Or is uh, it? No, Lincoln. Lincoln, right? Yeah. Okay, and how far is Lincoln away from Omaha? Um, about fifty miles or fifty minutes. Okay, right. So it's quite close, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. is it much? I mean, Omaha, is Omaha much bigger than Lincoln? Yes. Right. Yeah, it's a. Uh, Lincoln has the original University of Nebraska campus, and that's where all of the big red games are played. And Nebraska fans are crazy about big about their football team, and and now it's become even the other sports under big red, but especially the football team. And uh, so so it's the college town. It was the university town. Omaha has a campus now. Kearney has a campus now. So it's it's expanding. And so what's what's the population of uh, Omaha? Omaha is a, probably about 400,000. 400. Wouldn't it be great if Darwin could get to that, uh, that sort of size population peak? Well, they've been trying for 100 years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunately, the, the, there's so migration like, both ways. That's the issue. Yeah, I mean, what we've got to try and do is we've got to try and figure out how Omaha managed to grow its population to 400,000. Is it because of corn or something else? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's the railroad. The railroad. Union Pacific headquartered for a long time in Omaha. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we've only just finished building our railroad to Darwin. <laughs> I think <we're> there. <laughs> yeah. It's about 20 years old. Yeah. We haven't and figured out really, um, Not as big as uh, Des Moines, Iowa. But it's a huge insurance capital. Right. And has Warren Buffett made it famous by having anything there? Does he? Um, Warren Buffett owns banks. Right. In, um, in the Omaha area. Uh, yeah. And he probably owns a lot of businesses I don't even know about there, but he owns stuff all over the world. So, yeah, he's just. You know what one of his biggest investments is? What? Dairy Queen. Oh, is it? What is it? Very yep. clean. Yeah. It was one of his first um, and one of his biggest. I knew I liked him for some reason. <laughs> and he, and he, um, I believe he, he has a can of Coke and a dairy cream ice cream every day of the year. So just like Donald Trump then? Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but, he has yeah. fried hot dogs as well. <laughs> wow! Right. So, okay. So you um, you grew up in Nebraska, and then you went to university in Colorado, or um, yes, but just but only recently. Um, I actually went to a technical school, right. a two year college in Omaha, when I finished high school, and then um, immediately moved to Lincoln. Um, where my 
then husband or my then fiance was going to graduate school to finish his degree and then we when upon his graduation we moved to Colorado okay. and I worked in uh, the stock brokerage business actually in the legal department right and uh, that's what I did when I moved to Colorado and then ended up in law firms and and you obviously enjoyed working in law firms. You've spent so much time doing it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you went back to finish a degree, did you? Yes, yeah, so I went back to finish my degree um, in 2010 and uh, graduated in 2013. And what was the degree in? Uh, business management with an emphasis on finance and organizational development. Okay. And and you have used that skill set to, to become quite high up in law firm management as well, haven't you? Yeah. Um, it, it, it was actually very – before I got my, my bachelor's degree, I actually um, became certified as a legal manager, which is an accreditation that is given by the Association of Legal Administrators. And at the time I got that in 2000. Three, uh, there were only 87 of us. Right. Um, and it, mm. it's a pretty rigorous exam, like an accounting to become a CPA. Okay. Um, no real study course for it. Yeah. You just had to, like, brush yeah. up on the five different areas and, and yeah. hopefully you'd pass it. So I did that, and that really helped um, with my progression into higher and higher levels of law firm management. And then I decided to go back for my degree, um, more or less, well, I found I needed it to, to, to actually be able to land jobs at law firm, at large law firms that are going to the electronic uh, personnel selection software, like PeopleSoft, um, because if you don't have those letters behind your name, your resume never gets to a person. Right. So I just, I needed to finish my degree. So that's why I originally started. But sort of in the back of my mind, I always, um, I always, it was sort of always a desire of mine to, to prove to my father, even by now that he was passed on, that girls did have worth <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, raised by a, a stepfather who really was my father because I was with him most of my life. Um, who just didn't think women needed needed the upper education. So out of 11 children, um, my three brothers have degrees, yeah. and I'm the only girl, yeah. the only right. daughter who has a degree. Okay. And so... Um, but it's new knowledge, which yes. I think is a plus in going back to school later in life. Yes. It's because hard. it's updated, current. Yes you know, trends and your and and so many things have changed yeah. in that period of time. Yeah. And so you worked in the law firm and then um, the opportunity with LAW came along. Is that how it worked? Or, uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, I heard about this opportunity and decided to apply for it. Um, had to convince the, the recruiter that I was worthy of, of being in the, the final three, even though I'd be the fourth. And, oh, um, gosh, and I didn't know that. Okay. Twisted, <laughs> okay. twisted her arm enough that she presented me. She was number one. I am. Yeah, yes, that's right. Um, and so 
what attracted you to the job, I mean, the LAW position? Because it's not really working for a law firm as such. Right. A couple of things. It still allows, it still allows me to um, manage the business of the organization, which is I did in law firms, um, the finances, the budgeting, all the normal stuff. Yeah. Um, a, a big part of it was that I'd still get to work with lawyers because I, I find that really fascinating and challenging. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd emphasize challenging more than fascinating. But yeah. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the adjective fascinating. <laughs> well, they're always you know there's always second guessing going on, and yeah. that's you know I, I didn't work in the corporate world, so I'm not sure if that happens all the time. But and in, in working in management in law firms, I found that it happen it happens constantly. Um, and it's still happening to an extent, but, but what I like about working with lawyers is just how much I learn from them because, you know, all of you are just highly intelligent and I want to believe I can absorb some of that. Pete, you've worked with lawyers. What's your take on uh, what Laurie's been saying there? <laughs> yeah. In, in a... terms of the fascinating part. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating, right, Leon? It's like, um... It's like when you want to describe someone, a really great, a really great word to use to describe anyone is the word character, because <laughs> it can be positive and negative. <laughs> Thanks for that tip. <laughs> <laughs> I think working with lawyers is interesting. I I find them, um, oh, I, well, working a lot with Leon, I have found that. It's interesting because it's important to think of every topic from all angles. So there's always contingencies built into contingencies around <laughs> other contingencies. Right. That right. The, I don't know if it's a healthy skepticism. I'm not sure what it is, but it just seems to be a lawyer trait. Yeah, you know, they're tra the training lawyers are trained to be um, to challenge people. I mean, you know, to be a good litigator, you have to be, you have to have that mindset. And I think all of, all lawyers get that to a certain extent in their schooling. So it's just, it's just an inherent trait, I think. Um, but I enjoy it. And then beyond that, uh, the other things that attract me to the position it, um, is that the organizational development part, you know, creating opportunities for our members to, to, discuss practice group issues, um, particular type uh, issues in particular types of law with with other people in other parts of the world or just going outside of their own jurisdiction so they're not talk you know, there's nobody to talk to within your, your own competition about sensitive things. So it's really nice to be able to draw on others' knowledge to to bring in more information and to create those opportunities to have that happen is exciting for me. And um, travel. I love travel. Mm. And so how much travel have you done in the last 19 months? Oh, much. much, much. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I have taken, mm, I want to say about, probably about 15 trips. 15, right. Yeah. And what are the more interesting air destinations you've been to? Oh, gosh. I think I've enjoyed every destination for different reasons. Um Thailand was was very cool. Um, we would have said hot over here, but yeah. 
Good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hot, but it was a Dar- cool Darwin's number one, though. <laughs> yes, Dar- Darwin's. I love Darwin. You know, I spent a week touring, um, and the you know uh, during the doing the tourist activities, but really getting to know the area. So that's fun. Um, you know, the the places in the U.S. You know, they're interesting and they're fun to put meetings together, but they're not near as interesting as you know the other places I've been: Singapore, and Munich, and Milan, and. Mm-hmm. So, uh, t- talking about Darwin, because um, most of our listeners are from Darwin, and I think they have a, a curiosity for what people think about this place, mm-hmm. uh, because I think people that live in Darwin have a view about the place. I mean, we're always saying how hot it is, and you know, mm-hmm. we're always, I think we're always very self-conscious about um, inviting people to Darwin, especially at this time of the year during the mm-hmm. build-up and the wet season. Because we fear that people are going to come here and go, oh, my God, it's ridiculously hot. I'll never go back to that place again. Mm. Um, so y- you've been here for a week. Yes. Uh, tell us what your impressions, what you thought Darwin was going to be like and what yeah. it actually is like. Sorry, Pete, what were you saying? No, no, I, I just laughed because that, that's, I think that's an interesting question, what you thought it was going to be like and what it actually is like. And the, um, the only other thing is that, you said that you've been touring for a week, and I was gonna—I was going to say before, well, that's good. So you've probably seen about half of one percent of the Northern Territory now. <laughs> right. It's just you know the farthest I've been is Kakadu. Cool. Yep. So a lot of wildlife. So what what I thought, uh, what I envisioned at Darwin to be, um, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't read movie reviews before going to see a movie because I don't want somebody else forming my perception. Yeah. Um, but I also don't give it a lot of thought about what my expectations are. Yeah. I figured it would be hot. Um, it was fun to pull out all the summer clothes again since it's snowing in Colorado right now. Um, but I thought it would be browner. You know, that just, it's very, it, it's very lush. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's fabulous being in a place where you, you see the water all the time because I don't have that in Colorado being landlocked. Um, it's, it's warm, but it's not, you know, Oklahoma was warm. Nebraska was warm. So it's not, it's, it, it's not bothersome to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, people are very nice. Um, it seems very, it's a very clean city. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing um, some of the some of the things I see in cities in the U.S. Uh, it's similar. Uh, if if I had to compare something, it's similar to what I see in Tulsa, Oklahoma. With uh, when it gets warm, there aren't people outside, and that was true of Iowa too. Mm. You, you, the parks aren't in use. Mm. Um, where in Colorado, it doesn't matter what what the weather is, the parks are packed all the time. You know, people, they're not having picnics on the snow, bound, snow mounds, but people are out there, you know, snowshoeing or taking walks or, you know, whatever. They're always out. Colorado's always outdoors. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very pleasant here. Um, <clears throat> so the weather hasn't been bothersome. There's, there's just enough things to do and mm. see. Mm. And I feel like I, I've gotten a good sampling in mm. the week that I've been here. Um, 
but if I could, I'd stay on for another week or two. What What did you What have you done in the week that you've been here? Well, um, I went to a birthday party with family, so that was fun. I got to meet <clears throat> meet people um, that live here and have lived here for their lifetime. Uh, went to the markets, the parap par- markets. Is that am I saying that right? Parap. Parap yeah. markets and got to. Um, have a very hot laksa. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could not figure out how to eat it without splattering all over myself. Uh, so that was that was tricky. And uh, went to Litchfield yeah. and got to swim in the rock holes, which that's a very unique experience. And you don't get that in Colorado or anywhere in the U.S. As far as I'm aware. <clears throat> um, went to Kakadu. Uh, saw lots of wildlife, did the Yellow River tour, so got to see some, a lot of birds and a few crocs and water buffalo and horses and saw dingoes and wallabies and wallaroos. Yes. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that was good. And then, uh, here in Darwin, we've seen the, uh, I never remember the name. The Royal Flying Doctors um, Museum, as well as the Bombing of Darwin Museum, which was, they were both very interesting. Um, Went to the museum, the Northern Territory Museum, and learned all about the cyclone. And uh, Sweet, Sweetie, the big crocodile, Um, Sweetheart. Sweetheart, yes. Sweetheart, and got to see a lot of um, specimens of of the different uh, things that Bill says, try to kill you here, with snakes and bugs <laughs> and that kind of thing. Um, Bill, Bill's our unofficial moving. tourism minister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then got to spend some time uh, one evening eating outdoors. It was very pleasant, you know, 7 o'clock at night. It wasn't too hot to be outside right next to the water watching the beautiful orange-pink skies as the sun set. So, uh, you know, quite a lot, I think. And and I think shopped in most of the stores in the downtown area. What, did you, a buy? Lot. what did you buy? Um, a lot what of stereotypical tourist things did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> well, we went to a store. Of course, I don't remember the name of it. Um, here on the mall in Darwin. And there was a, a, a sort of like an art store that had a lot of well, it had a lot of the original Aboriginal dot painting pieces, which I totally love, but <clears throat> nothing was marked down far enough for me to, to to be able to buy it. So I bought the other things, you know, the tea towels and the, the water bottles and the computer cases and everything that would remind you of of the the dot art. So love it. yeah, lots of that. Mm. A couple of crocodile keychains yeah. for my sons. <laughs> I'm not sure what they'll think of those, but it's always fun to get the reaction. Um, so yeah, that. So a pretty full week. Yeah, it's been a full week, and I've been trying to get my mind wrapped around business now. <laughs> be ready for a meeting. Yeah. A planning meeting. This is our planning meeting for the next year. It is. It is. And uh, what uh, what would you what do you think? What would you like to see as outcomes from the meeting that we're going to have this weekend? Uh, probably just to uh, agree on some goals 
that we want to attain over the next year for the organization and its members and um, and maybe put into place just a little bit more structure so that it becomes um, it just the professionalism of the organization is viewed as a little bit more professional. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, for the benefit of our listeners, where are, where are the rest of the board coming from? Oh, goodness. We have, um, I guess, the, the person closest is coming from Brisbane. Uh, we have somebody coming from Shanghai. Yep. We have somebody coming from, um, someone is here already from Copenhagen, another person from Amsterdam. Uh, we have Hamburg, Germany, uh, Zurich, Switzerland, uh, Seattle, Washington, Vancouver, Canada, Saskatoon, Canada. Hope I've forgotten. London, England. You passed. <laughs> I think that's it. No, I don't think that's everybody. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Costa Rica. Of course, I beg your pardon. Costa Sorry. Rica, the <laughs> Sorry, Alejandro. Yes, Costa Rica. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So from all over the the planet, almost, and uh, and you know, with weather that is so different to ours, I think Saskatoon must be. The biggest contrast. Must be yeah. the biggest contrast. So yeah. that's, uh, do you know where that is, Pete? Well, <clears throat> when Laurie first said it, I thought she's literally just made that name up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it is. Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I have told this story quite a few times, um, but is I employed a, a guy. I'm not going to mention where I was at the time, but it may have been somewhere in the middle of the world. Um, I employed a Canadian guy, and it was just coming out of the back of our summer, so it was about 35 degrees during the day. And um, I'm going to do a very bad North American accent here, but um, my first question in the interview, which was over the phone, was, you know, why do you why do you want to come to Dubai? And he said, Pete. Minus 38 degrees here today. And I just thought, wow. And he said, I just can't stand it anymore. So I can only imagine what Saskatoon, Canada is dealing with right now. Uh, I think it'll be getting close. So well on its way down to those sort of temperatures. But we'll, we'll find out from Curtis, no doubt, when he's here. Mm. Well, All right. This, well, do you have any other questions for Laurie, Pete? Um. No. no. <laughs> I, I, I do, but I was thinking about our comment earlier with uh, about lawyers, so I don't want to get her or myself into trouble. So no, I'll. I'll uh, I, I think, as as they say in the classics, um, uh, I rest my case, Your Honour. <laughs> All right, Laurie. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks and, for chatting uh, with me. We hope uh, you have a, a great weekend here and some good memories to take back with you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Laurie. You've been listening to the Boundless Possible Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter Gowers. To listen to more episodes, search Boundless Possible Podcast on all leading podcasting platforms.